You know, some Mondays are particularly difficult. I'm sure you all would agree with me because if you're watching this, you're either not at work, Mm -hmm. not intending to go to work, don't have work to go to, or you're just messing around. I agree. (laughs) Well, good morning. Welcome to Morning Call with Mario, the live AM reality talk show that comes to you weekly. With all the goings on, I want to say uh, welcome to everybody. It is a wonderful week. First of all, for those of you who don't remember, this is the week of Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, I, I forgot. It could be a stressful. Yeah, big, big I, forgot because he was forgot. making appointments for Thursday. On Thursday, <laughs> people say, "Well, that is Thanksgiving." Yeah, Nils, Nils. Yeah, I said, "Yeah, Nils, come on through on Thursday, Friday," and he had to remind me, and I said, "I'm a week." I'm a week behind now. So some of you have probably forgotten, too, even though it seems like, Vic, that a lot of people know because of Black Friday or whatever, where they go shopping. I mean, the most, I've had the most, you know, just not the typical people you would think would be into shopping, like Mm. my biographer, Mel Bonte. Right. (laughs) He can't wait. He can't wait, For Black Friday. He didn't even know he was going to buy Oh, yeah. He but said, he... I'm just going to buy something. I'm just going to buy something. <laughs> right. Because it's Black Friday, and I want to spend some money, and so I'm going to go spend some. That's a good. That's good. I just want to spend money. So so I wish you, so for those of you out there uh, getting ready for Black Friday, remember also yeah. that uh, it's Thanksgiving. So yeah. it's that kind of a thing. Yeah. Hey, as part of that, as part of that getting ready for Thanksgiving, one of the topics that I'm covering uh, for this for the uh, this section is how to get along <laughs> with Trump supporters <laughs> at your family gathering. <laughs> how to get along wow. with Trump supporters at your family gathering. And that may come in very handy for a bunch of you because uh, you, we don't want to have the Thanksgiving turn into a funk fest <laughs> of <laughs> arguing. And, and people know. One of the one of the main issues with getting together at the holidays is that it is somewhat stressful for right. many of us. Sometimes you haven't seen these people since the last holiday. True, <laughs> that's true. And this is all makes it a great chance for you guys to get in an argument over today's politics. So, part of what I'll be talking about today is part of the news segment. I'll be talking about how to survive Thanksgiving if you have to spend it with uh, Die Hard. Trump supporters. Uh, also today in the news, I'll be talking about how 
nearly half of white Southerners feel like they're under attack. From who? There you go. And that'll be part of the discussion. Oh, okay. Who are they under attack from? Okay. Oh. You know, even though we know they tend to blame for the attack. Okay, I should. Uh, we're going to be talking about that. Nearly half of white Southerners feel like they're under attack. And again, how to spend uh, uh, Thanksgiving with the, your family members who support Trump. Okay, in terms of marijuana today, on the marijuana for dummies, I'm going to be talking about California as it's getting ready to become the largest legalized marijuana-based economy, perhaps in the world, as they gear up more than Vegas, because all, all Nevada really has is Las Vegas, but mm. California has way more than that. Mm. So California is gearing up, and people are gearing up hmm. yeah, for, the, for recreational marijuana coming to Los Angeles. Yeah, I heard some things. <laughs> I ain't going to say much, though. Uh, happy birthday to, to our good friend, Chester Jackson. It was his birthday, Vic. Mac reminded me. And for those of you who don't know, Mac McAllister, our G&M Bureau Chief, he is the uh, producer of the, the Morning Coffee pre-show. Right. Mac McAllister's Retro Jazz and Blues. And his new format, all-video format, for those of you who tune in before the show, the all-video format now, Mac McAllister, with his... Full-length show, full-length animation. Wow, we get to see a lot more Mac, huh? You get to see a lot more of those animations. <laughs> All right, Mac, he's getting, he's digging, he's digging on you. Um, that kind of day. So it's going to be a wonderful day. Um, wonderful, wonderful day in the neighborhood. What you got, Dick? Hey, man, I'm going to give you guys a little sports like you didn't know it anyway. But, uh, you know, it's that time where... When you uh, take a stance and then you can't ignore the wrath. And so Trump decided to throw his hands in again as it relates to sports, specifically basketball and football. So all we need him to do is chime into hockey and and we're good. So we're good on that. Also, hey, look, um, we found out who the real players in the NFL are. They're not on the AFC side because that's just New England and everybody else may be threatening if they hope in a prayer with the exception of Pittsburgh. But we're going to talk about that NFC and how the teams have turned over and there's new power players in town. High picks, the world of Tesla, the affluent market, as I say, targeting not for everybody, but is this innovation is going to change the world is the way we think and what Elon Musk is doing. And we're just going to say, hey, is Will we live in a lifetime, in our lifetime, will we get to experience any of those things that he's doing? And that's specifically for you and I, Mario. All right, is that kind of a show? Uh, I want to thank those of you also who are coming by the website and signing up to join our community at PacStereo.tv. Go and join. Many of you are signing up for the newsletter, which I do. So I take it personally. Sign up for the newsletter. <laughs> but you could go. We now, Vic, we now have 4,296 members. Okay. That's good. But we only have 1,200 and something members signed up for the newsletter. You got to get some better pictures, man. You got to send some what more pictures. What the hell pictures. is happening because, here? How many, how many of your fo- Watch this. I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to let you know what it is. How many times do you feature pretty women on your newsletter? <laughs> See this? That's what, you can't kind of messed up. 
Just so you, so, I feature handsome older wait brothers. A minute, wait with, a minute, dude. Look, go to every newsletter publication. Damn, dude, That's you gotta you gotta feature. Go, you know. All what? right, we'll get some eye candy for you. Maybe you'll sign up for the newsletter. Four thousand two hundred and ninety-six members at Pack Stereo TV, but only twelve hundred and eighty something. You're right. Hey, look. Signed up for the newsletter. Give them something All they right. haven't seen before. Free weed. <laughs> That's a good one. Tuesday night, you guys, we're going to have the Quiet Storm as usual. That is the live interactive DJ show that I host every Tuesday night. Uh, this Tuesday night, the theme is a mellow fall evening at home. It's going to be sexy, sexy music for you to sit around with your significant. And maybe even some of those who aren't that significant. <laughs> but sit around and enjoy some music, some libations, some good stuff on Tuesday night. That's at 8 o'clock. On Wednesday, the Unscripting Mario Hemsley series continues. That's the show where we don't actually tell you what time it'll be. It goes live sometime in the afternoon when a notice is going out immediately prior. That's the show featuring my biographer, Emel Bonte, uh, ask interviewing me as he prepares for the book. Now, this the whole idea of doing the book was Emel's idea, my idea of t- doing the interviews as a show, <laughs> that was my idea. So if you're going to interview me rather than sit around with your tape recorder, we might as well make it a show. And so it's been a really a great success. So come and see Unscripting Mario Hensley. Tune in sometimes Tuesday. And the past episodes are up there. This Friday, the Friday Night Agenda is being uh, abbreviated. You know, we know that uh, right now uh, we're going to reschedule the I Victor featuring Miko's challenge because Miko's going out of town. Yep. Done. She's asked to visit the White House. No, that's wrong. That's just wrong. <laughs> she's going there. She's going to tell the president some of the things he needs to do better. So, mm. but Miko's going to. So, uh, it looks like we'll probably just do the uh, magic mixtape after we confirm all that. But it looks like we'll be giving you some up, some more information on the Friday night agenda coming up soon. Okay, uh, Mills, the uh, award-winning writer, producer, guitarist, uh, performed here in our courtyard, and that is now available for your own viewing up there on YouTube. It's also at Pack Stereo TV. But come and see this live performance of Mills. And we've got more performances coming up, Vic, right? That's the main thing we're trying to get ready. By the way, so, one of the things that's kind of lately been an issue is 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 we've been using some of our equipment outside in the courtyard and covering it, and it looks like that is not enough. We've had equipment damage, so we're upgrading the broadcast live audio system, the mixing system. All that's been upgraded. Vic, another one of the components is coming today. And then I think the final piece which comes is going to be delivered tomorrow. Right. And then I'll be putting it together, so we're going to have an updated sound system. It's funny, but Mac was already acknowledging on his show, Vic, what is that? On, our pre, on his pre-show today, how much the improvements that we've got going on <laughs> in terms of what you are seeing in terms of sight right. and sound. Because, yeah, we have. Thank you, Mac, for noticing. We have updated stuff around here. And taking the risk of doing it live. That's why you don't see a lot of shows in traditional markets 
you got to have everything tight. The ship has to be extra tight when they go live because you, you know, in production, you can always come behind it, then re, uh, broadcast and say, Hey, we're live, but it actually was recorded earlier. So we're taking the chance of going live and enhancing, um, what we're delivering. The reason why we didn't do that a lot of times is that you got to match not only the product with the feature. So we've learned lessons before of try not to bring the A plus game if the receiver, the ones who's collaborating with us, if they're not meeting that requirement, why should we do it? And so now we're moving in that direction. Updating everything. All right, you guys. So that's the news of the week. We continue with our additions to IMDB, just so you know. The whole issue of Pack Stereo being added to Amazon Prime. Yeah, I'm working on it. You wouldn't believe how you have to do everything exactly the way they want it. Uh, they they did some of the episodes didn't go through on edition because they felt I had stretched the graphics, and they wanted me to make you know you unique new graphics that didn't appear to have been stretched. And I stressed it like a little bit, you know, just like to fit their parameters. But it's like no, no. So IMDb, uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, pack stereo coming to those so in a minute you'll be able to go to amazon prime and watch uh morning coffee and we'll get a couple pennies for that <laughs> wow that's encouraging pennies. i'll give big a penny yeah that's encouraging <laughs> it's encouraging you know and together we'll go out and get some nice and maybe some candy yeah. we'll go to the kid something we'll go, like that right we'll go get some candy <laughs> all right Every week I get to do a slideshow animation, and the music is always wonderful. And so uh, we got a, the latest one from eleven twelve seventeen. Here we go. We'll be right back.
photo slideshow animation featuring the photographic work of Victor Allen. You know, Vic, that one was particularly... Stop. 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 That one was particularly good uh, featuring the pics from the Neils. Oh, yeah, a lot more to... Event. Yeah. A lot of photos and a lot of good photos. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you know, a lot of times people say, hey, where's the wall? Where's the selfie wall? Where's the photo wall when they come here? And so, you know, you add a little dimension. Then everybody's having fun. They make it easier, man. You know, with technology, all you have to do is kind of point, click, and you're there. So um, hope to get ex- more experiences like that and provide more, um, especially when you capture what they're really feeling like. So enjoyed it, man. Enjoyed it. Great stuff, man. So remember, we do a photo slideshow of every event here at Pack Stereo. And that's why at the website you can go see our photo archives. And for those of you who are supporters, go and get up some free photos. We make them available for you. Okay? Well, you ready for some news? Are you ready for mm-hmm. some news? Oh, okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time. It's time for the good news, the bad news, and the other shit. Na, 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 na. Good news, bad news, and other shit. This is Thanksgiving week, so, you know, there's a lot to prepare for. But we might as well start off with the news of the day. Convicted murderer Charles Manson has died. At age 83 in jail. Uh, happened, it's on the news wire. Spent the latter part of, what, 50 years in jail mm-hmm. for, the, for the, the, the most famous slayings of all time, Tate LaBianca murders here in Los Angeles. I remember when all that occurred here in Los Angeles and the feelings of fear that people had, the feelings of horror that was all mixed in with part of that whole eclectic experience. Uh, Charles Manson, dead at 83 years old. Mm. Should I cry for a moment, or is it about time? Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, and I, you know, who knows? You know? Okay. Right. So we, that's a whole, another whole discussion about the value of death, what death means, and we don't know what people, I believe in karma. Yeah. But I also believe many of us have done stuff that we that we wouldn't want to acknowledge or that we're not even aware of. So, oh yeah, that's all part of it. Yeah. So well, so long to Charles Manson, dead at eighty three. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Vic, it's been like two months, mm-hmm. and the power grid still is terrible in Puerto Rico. What's amazing to me is that. The lack of news, the lack of information, only certain people continue to report on this. And I'm a little aggravated and angry because I would expect more from, again, the Democratic Party. Wow. Okay. Failure to fill in the leadership gaps. This is another area. Has anyone heard anything? Is there anyone out there champion, championing championing? The cause of Puerto Rico, is it happening? Or is it just like crickets? Silence? Nothing? 
and when there's crickets and silence and nothing, that blame needs to be spread amongst all of the leadership, okay? Mm-hmm. All of them for doing nothing or at least, not, at least no visible attempts to make up the slack. So these are our second-class citizens uh, who are moving in mass <laughs> from Puerto Rico, Rico to yeah. other cities. Coming to the state. Well, the, the thing main about land. The thing, right, they the are citizens, land. so they're free to move about. Absolutely. And then go, and, and, and I hope they move to states with the best benefits. And they already know and this. Get the, and get the best benefits yeah. that they can get for the lack of leadership or help. You know, so it's just amazing. And you cannot convince me that it's not being done because of racism. Puerto Rico, the fact that it doesn't have statehood. You think this is racism? The fact okay. that it's people of color, right? They're getting neglected, right? They're getting, you know, they're pissing right on their head and telling them it's rain right now. Oh yeah, right in front of us. Okay, so that's a shame. That is just a shame. And Paxton is going to continue to report it. We hope that it bothers people. So let me ask you this: Had this happened under any other presidency, would the outcome be r- roughly the same? disenfranchised, economic, unbelievable meltdown because they already had a portfolio of immense debt. What would be the difference? And would their accountability still go to the leadership of that particular um, jurisdiction locally? At some point, even with this happening, because you and I know this, people study, you know, the development of your community, your state, no matter what. They're always doing what they call, here's the plans and Here's the inevitability that if this happens, it's always existed. Take away Trump and say it happened under Obama, Clinton, anyone else. What would be the outcome? It might be a little better, but the point to me is that the, the situations that led to this, right. they existed under all of those That's presidencies. Right. Obama right. could have done something. Some, yeah. They knew about the power grid in Puerto Rico yes, being they did. archaic. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. You know, it's what they want to spend their money for. They have no trouble right. coming to ask you for money for military excursions, but they seem to have a lot of trouble asking you for money to help people out. Yep. So I think that if Obama had been president, it would have been better, but not great, not excellent, and, and that he had his opportunity also to take a leadership role in these areas. This, all of them you have to indict to me. To what, some degree. What value of Puerto Rico when people hear about it in the States? When you say Puerto Rico, there's the the T word that comes in. What other commodities do they have? What other value chain do they have in exchange? Because well, as I know nothing. That, uh, tourism only. Right? Tourism and rum. Is that it? Tourism, tourism and rum. Is that enough? It's a, and it's a slave colony. So that has a lot to do with who's living there and right. what they look like. Right. So no, it's okay. it's all of that. Okay. And so that's America and once again, you know Yeah. In shock. Yeah. yeah. I want to remind you of that. It is Thanksgiving week. And as part of that, I wanna remind you that there's a good chance that you'll be at the dinner table with folks whose political opinions let's just say you won't agree with. In many instances, these are your direct relatives, your aunts, uncles, mom or dad. Mom, dad, brother, sister, cousin, who you have political views that are you that are distinctly 
in opposition to yours. And I'm warning you because I think this Thanksgiving in particular, we're at risk of having wars break out in a bunch of Thanksgiving celebrations. Mm. So, I don't know. I have some suggestions. One, in anticipation of Thanksgiving, why don't we make a list of those people we think are going to be potential problems for us? Right? Let's make a list. Mm-hmm. Mom, dad, auntie, uncle, cousin. And then make a list of things that we would like to talk with them about. <laughs> be proactive. In other words, you might be able to come up with a list of three to five things that you can't wait to talk to your grandmother about, despite her blatant, homophobic, and racist opinions. <laughs> she is your grandmother. And while she talks, uses the N-word regularly and, and preaches about gays, she's still your grandmother. So I suggest you come up with three to five things that you could discuss with her that you'll enjoy. Let's be proactive. And let's do that for every family member that we're anticipating seeing this Thanksgiving with whom we usually argue. Because the potential is there to have some really big arguments. Used to be, Vic, you would just argue about sports, right? Right. I mean, the biggest thing was the boring Dallas and Detroit. That was it. Football games. I think we're right. stuck with that again this year. They might not be so boring. Right. But uh, those are the things. But now we have politics to argue over. Mm, that makes it better, right? And I want to, well, there you go. And I want to remind you. I want to remind you that all of us are going to be sitting down this Thanksgiving with people whose views we are diametrically opposed to. Mm. Okay? Mm. Okay. We all do. So remember that. And remember working at trying to get along, keeping your mouth shut. Okay? And again, as a proactive suggestion, I suggest you prepare three to five conversation items Usually ask them something about themselves that you like. Like, get it, if, if you love your grandmom's cobblers, right. get her to talk about that and not how she feels about gays. But you know <laughs> okay. what? You're doing a great, you know what? You hit the nail yeah, on the head. Get her to talk about those things. Now, Mario, how? You got family tradition. How does it work with you? <laughs> Uh, oh, my family used to fight about something. <laughs> right, he's going to fight. I know my, my, even my own friends. My, mine is going like this. Oh, you you guys are L.A. That's it. You don't have to say anything else. Well, Everything else, else is yeah. done. You're L.A. All of That's us. That's Alabama down there. Yeah, all of us who, has fam, who have family in down south or back east. Right. We're always in Los Angeles looked upon as the other group. Yes. We are. Any philosophy. Yeah, and always some comment. There's always some comment about who we're dating. Right. You know, they used to make comments about, you know, my family. And they used to go, oh, it's so nice to see uh, Mario dating a black woman. <laughs> I would probably, you know, go. <laughs> okay. I like that. You know, and but there's all of us. There's a bunch of us who have to deal with that. At the time, I, I had many years that I was with a Latina. And so that was part of the joke about the West Coast family. We had more interracial connections out here. Right. Than they did seemingly on the East Coast. So. Yeah. But uh, 
So my family's just like those. We are a melting pot. We will have Muslims and Jews <laughs> at my table. We have a whole, you know, section. The Buddhists. We have the the vegetarians or would be vegetarians. We got the political leftists. We have the Obama lovers, the Hillary Clinton supporters. I got family who loves Hillary Clinton, to my chagrin. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. All so. Right. We will be there, and so that's why I bring this up because you might as well let it go. Might as well let it go. My my views are distinctly left of all of my family. My mother still has an Obama shrine. You know, a lot of black people. What's Obama shrine? That's when older black people put up like pictures of Obama, Michelle Obama, put candles and other little shit around that you know. Because I call that my mother's Obama's tribe. She has the pictures and some candles, maybe a cross, you know. So that goes to show you where my family is. So we want to tell you that. Right, right. One of the items, the other item I wanted to bring out today is that this perception, and I'm not sure how to deal with this, Dick. What is that? There's a number of polls that show white folks who feel that they're under attack or oppressed. There's actually a bunch of polls that show that a, b- a bunch of your millennials <laughs> mm-hmm. feel like they are oppressed. <laughs> now, my point is oppressed by who right. or whom and who do they blame for this? But that's one of the polls. That, and, there, and there's a bunch of them, Big. There's a bunch of them. Right. Nearly half of white Southerners feel like they're under attack. Well, let go of all that racism. Uh, if 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 an attack on racism is an attack on you, you probably are under attack. Okay, right? Because, like I said, I understand if at the Thanksgiving Day table we were to attack all the homophobes, right? They would be a feel under attack. <laughs> well, I always believe in this. If and I don't know if anyone shares this, but karma's a bitch. So if your opinion has been to slight someone else. That's an attack on them if you're treating them less and you feel make them feel they don't belong. Karma's a bitch. It comes around. And it can come around politically, economically, or otherwise. So if it's your time to, sh- you know, to share that, then it's your time. I'm not mad at it. I just believe in the circle of, of uh, you know, experience. Whether well, it's justice or not, I'm not getting into that. Just the circle of experience. Because these are people's fears, feelings. They're not necessarily backed up by facts. Right. And that's the question. If you feel, if you're white, you feel like you're under attack, who are you blaming? Yeah. I can tell you if you're a rural, white, farmer, or any kind of rural community, you you are under attack. Please don't blame black Americans for that. (laughs) Please don't blame black Americans for that. You know, uh, if you are in the suburbs, and it's amazing. Like I said, a bunch of your millennials feel like they're oppressed. Right. Okay. All right. But then again, that's a relative thing. Oppressed by whom and in what ways. Right. But again, rather than dismissing this, I think it's important that we acknowledge people's feelings and do something. Because part of the, the misunderstanding that exists between all of us is we have been dismissing this. 
So true. It's a topic to talk about. Yeah. Whether or not they're under attack. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say too much. You're not going to say anything. You know, it, it hurts when all of a sudden you're, when you've always been at a, a position where you've always been the judge, a personal judge, uh, for any reason, whether you belong in the community or not, and you've never felt that before, it's an unbelievable experience when all of a sudden you go like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're under attack. It's, oh, this is this the worst of it. This is, this is the worst of it. So you still live in a majority, and somebody has an opinion. And so somebody's basically saying your way and how you think is grown old. Some people have an, an opinion about you have to let them go. So for me, I'm just letting you guys go. That's about the best I can do for you right now. And there it is. That's been the good news. The bad news. And the other shit. All right, we proudly feature music by the Creative Commons movement. This is music that is made available to you for free, for you to freely share amongst your friends. And you can do it. And we're part of that movement, the Creative Commons. And so we bring you that song. And once again, bringing one of our favorite ones. Here's Love Shadow featuring Snowflake. And we'll be right back.
Remember, you can get that song for free. Just go to packstereo.tv or go to uh, dig.ccmixter.org. We have a bunch of them available at our site because we're allowed to spread them around. But you can, if you have trouble there, go to dig.ccmixter.org and search it. Find all the music there for free, easy for you to spread amongst your friends. Hey, got to say hi again to all the Facebook friends Stu Dunning, we got in the room, we got Mac, we got PMC, who's letting us know that Della Reese just passed. Oh, sad to hear. Wow. Sad. Yeah, I, I met Della Reese on a number of occasions, starting when I was pretty young. Oh, and sorry. When we were young, I was, one of my good friends was friends with her daughter. So we hung out all together. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So that's wild. So rest in peace, uh, mm. Della Reese. Sad. All right, I think it's that time. Times are a changing, but some things stay the same. You start each morning with a cup of coffee every day. Maybe hit the snooze, turn on the local news. But nothing good comes from a one-sided point of view. That's right, marijuana for dummies. And I apologize. I apologize because, you know, initially it was a joke to entitle this segment, Marijuana for Dummies. I attempted to switch it, and then people didn't really like the other stuff. <laughs> so we added some titles. We say Marijuana for Dummies, and thanks to Vic, who's the... the Creator, so many of the slogans here at Pax TV. We had it resisting the miseducation of marijuana. So that's what we do. We're here to give you the education of marijuana as things are moving forward. So before we go, let me tell you what I'm. <clears throat> I'm having Happy Spot. Now, okay, so Happy Spot, that's what I'm having today because I looked up this morning and I was out of. Believe, hmm. and I'm never, you know. Okay. Uh, okay, but I had a, I have a bunch of weed and a bunch of, you know, uh, a bunch of hash and a bunch of, and then I got a, a bunch of extra, I got a lot of weed stuff, okay? Right. And so I, no shortage of supply, so I've been smoking Happy's Pot today, which is in, my dispensary told me in Indica. But so I go look it up online. And here's some pictures of it, Happy's Pot Strain. Because, you know, you what happens is every dispensary is allowed to grow and distribute their own product. And so a bunch of them have their own strains. 
many of which they name with weird names, star booty, right. you know, yeah. <laughs> crazy stuff, you know, right. roach clip, you know. They have all kind of names, but some of them become famous right? because they're of the popularity and because the fact that so many of these marijuana breeders are putting expert, really, work into the cultivation of these strains. So I'm having Happy's Pot today, which they claim at my dispensary to be an indica. But if you look here, what they're saying online is that it is a uh, sativa. It's a hybrid that's more sativa dominant, they say. Well, I can tell you I feel it pretty. It hits. Now... One of the things I've been speaking on regularly is that for those of us who who have been smoking, and especially for those of you who have not and now are starting back, this is way, way, way. I say it almost every show. Hmm. And I add a bunch of ways, right? I said way, way, way stronger marijuana than you've ever smoked. used to talk back in the days about one-hit wonders. Now... That's why you have to be cautious. When you use, when you try these things, the weed, you have to be cautious about the amount you, you do. And again, I caution you about the edibles because they have a delayed effect, sometimes up to an hour. Right. Okay? And so you can overdose quite easily. But I am having the happy spot. I'm recommending it. You know, top-of-the-line stuff. People can ask me, what am I spending? And I'm spending about two hundred dollars for an ounce. And there and that's last time I spent two hundred dollars and I got an ounce and a quarter. Right. Plus a free edible. So that shows you what it's going for today. Now people say, Well I say, Well no I say, Well there's a lot cheaper weed, there's weed that's less than half of the price of that. That's the top shelf. Right. That's like the best weed in the store. When I go in there, I tell them, give me the two best, usually it's two to three, sometimes up to four, of the best marijuana in the store. In the store. And they get to choose it for me. So this is the top shelf. Now, for those of you on a budget, that means you can get some stuff that's literally half the price of that. Okay. You can get an ounce of weed really for a hundred bucks. You um I think you already addressed Emil Bonte had something about in reference to edibles, but I think you already addressed it. In the last the qu- yeah. questions he had yeah, asked. He had some good questions about it because he was going, Okay, you know, uh wow, you know, the experience and time I think from taking ingesting and then wow yeah, he hits. was asking about some of his friends and what I he has observed you. them occurred with them okay and the main thing i told him was yeah D- dude it's erratic in terms of the effects taking you know having that effect on you it's somewhat erratic right and so you do have to be careful yeah okay but the big news has to really do with what's happening in california because it is November, and believe it or not, you are less than like a month and a half away from recreational marijuana becoming the rule of the day here in California, mm-hmm. and that's going to cause a bunch of stuff. Now, what's amazing to me is that you I don't see, and maybe they're just not telling us yet, 
I don't see what the plans are in California to deal with this, okay? We know that we they had released some of the licensing stuff because what people needed to do. But that still doesn't leave us, you know, with the answers, the hard answers over the same issues that we're seeing in Las Vegas. Right. The transportation of weed, the tax, how it's going to be taxed. One of the fears is that the price of marijuana, Vic, will go up because of the taxes. Uh, even though one of the things that's a big deal is black market marijuana. By that I mean, what about the people who've been growing weed and selling it right. all along who are not getting a license? Well, if I'm hearing this correct, there are more I don't know how the price is going to go up when they say there are more providers than people who are indulging based on what they're seeing now. In other words, there's so m- much development that there is n- not this overwhelming engagement of indulgent. And I'm going, so where were the price points on this BF since they said, well, we got we got more than what people are asking Exportation, for. that's what they're talking about. California right. is going to be exporting marijuana to the whole world. It's already... Right. Right. It's already theorized that we p- provide up to 80%, depending upon who you're reading, right. of the marijuana in the country. What does that tell you? Being grown here in California. <laughs> what other state would there be? I mean, when you think about it, you go, okay, just name the top three states that you would know economically will possess the power to distribute. What would be California? Who else? What? Uh, Oregon? What? They don't seem Washington. to have the political power, right? right. So that that and why you have the other states where it's illegal recreational right now, Washington State, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Oregon is legal right now, right? Uh, on a smaller scale, but they supposedly are making enough money yeah. from the taxes to really fund some of the things that are going on. So, either way, you're going to have to deal with more choice. We're going to see what the taxes are going to be like here in California. But also, you, the fact that black market marijuana is going to be around. And the only issue is the price points, right? Because corporate farming of marijuana has been expected, had been expected, right, to drive the cost way down. But they didn't count on the fact that California may tax the marijuana enough to double the price of an ounce. <laughs> right, right. Double it. Yeah, operating costs, profit. Everybody's bundling well, already, right? You think right? That, I'm, that I'm overstating it? Think what we do with cigarettes right now. Right. I, be, I was told that a pack of cigarettes right now is about 12 bucks here in Los Angeles. I know that in the United Kingdom, it was over $20 a pack. Wow, wow. So the cost of cigarettes, it's okay? Oh, man. Okay. Um, Right. marijuana. So anyway, Kate, that's the thing we're looking for. I'm hopeful, and I've spoken extensively in the past, I'm hopeful that we'll come up with a system of marijuana lounges that is similar in some ways to what's available in Amsterdam. I'm kind of old school. I just don't want people walking down the street with a joint. Right. On the other hand, if you're in the park with your old lady, and this I observed this in Amsterdam. You know they're out there picnicking, right, with the wine, the cheese, and the fruit. Right. If they try, choose to light up a joint, I think that should be illegal. 
certainly should not be a criminal offense, but that's the part we have to deal with in society. I think at least initially here in the U.S., we're not going to want any public consumption. But that's not the way it is in the other countries, okay? They do smoke, Vic, at the park. But people just aren't as blatant. They seem to have more of a manners kind of a thing. So going. what are you trying to say? You, you say Americans don't got no manners. What are you trying to say, man? I'm saying there, there are people I know who <laughs> can't wait to, to light up look, a joint look, and walk down Crenshaw. Wait up! They can't wait. So all of America is represented by Crenshaw. No, I'm just saying. What about Sunset? Okay. Sunset too. Sunset Boulevard. You know, it ain't just the black people. White everybody. Wall Street. They want to get that weed and go out on the street. Wall Street. Well, New York. How would they be walking? Down the street with a joint. And, and a trench want, coat. I'm not sure we want and a trench coat. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, a trench coat and oh, a joint, God. man. Trench Come on. Do we want that? Do, That's the issue. What would you rather have? In the park, chilling, dogs all around, cats all of a sudden going, ooh, a contact eye. Well, you know we, what's look. so interesting, Vic? We don't think anything of someone sitting in the park and having a glass of wine. That's right. right? That's we fine. don't think anything of that. They can sit with their old lady, break open a bottle. Right. Marijuana has to achieve its rightful place sort of like that. Right. It has to. You can't. To me, I go like it's so hypocritical. You can walk around with a bottle of wine, right. go get some, and go, boom, here I am. Let's share this. Right. And weed is going to be the same way for a bunch of people. No. We're going to have to deal with this. That's what I'm suggesting. Right. The lounges. The lounges are places that you can legally go inside. Right. And consume marijuana. Like the coffee shops in Amsterdam. I'm suggesting something like that here. Right. That way, at least as an interim initially, and then as an ongoing thing too. But at least initially, we can have places where people can go. Try as we attempt to deal with the public displays of marijuana use. Okay. Because that we don't have consensus. What? And I admit that. And I'm old school. I'm, that which means I'm suffering from hypocrisies. Because what you like to keep stuff in the closet, the old school. I mean, right. you rather do it at home behind closed doors. Right. Right. No, I understand. We First of all, I, I can see where you're going, where old school going. Because even when people out here was trying to be like born free, be nude on the beach. That didn't last. Old conservatives said, I can't stand looking at these people with their clothes off. I can't take it. Do it at home. We right? all don't agree. <laughs> right. Like we, we can't agree on breastfeeding. <laughs> right. Now we're going to agree on marijuana. Stop <laughs> only saying I'm serious. Man. We can't agree. Some half of y'all follow hey. out and get insulted if a woman breastfeeds her child in public. So you know what? I, I can imagine we, what you think about weed, but I bet you there's some people. Who are against that? Who want the weed public? So let me just say this. Let me show you. Progress sometimes does not progress. So there was a time when the American Indian would sit around outside, share the customary smoke, dress, you know, more revealing. The African tribes do it to this day. It seems like they've grown accustomed to standing in traditional ways without having to worry about the community of abuse. And here we are. So advanced as a culture, we don't know what the fuck to do when somebody dresses. Oh, my God. Go home. Don't do that. Don't drink that out in the street. Don't smoke that. This is in the name of progress, right? Wow. Let me just try to figure this out. Why do we have an acceptance of other cultures that are not considered progressive, but they have traditions and they accept it? You can go watch them shoot an African tribe in the name of discovering their history. Women all around hanging out, nude, 
but they put in a contextual in a, in a way that you go it's about their culture and here we are wonderful progressive i call us americans and we go like this oh you know i'm sorry i'm i'm looking too hard because you're a heathen <laughs> Because you haven't been you taught. A You're a heathen. That's why. Get over and those, it. And, and shaking your hips <laughs> right. in a heathen rhythm. You're a heathen. We know Mac McCallister. Well, just so you know, that in the chat room, Mac is telling us that the pot shop in Poe Town is closed down. It's got to be another one, Mac. You know, it's got to be another one. He, he used to be down the street from his house. Yeah. Mac McAllister, the G&M bureau chief. Now, of all the things he's worried about, He's not worried about the weed being strong as shit, you right. know, knocking us on, on our ass. Right. He's worried about the fact that it used to give him the munchies, and because he's worried about his weight, right. he doesn't want to smoke weed. And I told him, I said, they have weed that don't give you munchies. Right. Back now, they got, they got all kind of traits they, they're, they're, you know, they're growing the weed for. And like I said, I don't, you've been around me. Right. You know, I've been smoking like a, you know, chimney. <laughs> and I don't, do you ever see, have, I, have you ever seen me with the munchies? No, no, no. I, mean, I think everybody, and first of all, it's really about the individual. And I think people like to use the reason why they want to do it. I know people who drink go like this. Oh, that makes me more relaxed. I get more aggressive. You even adopt it when you go, back in the day, I couldn't wait to give a woman a nice glass of wine. Is why. Yeah, we always because wanted, I wanted that inhibition to they just would come about, right? It. So it, it you yeah. already you know what you want from this. Everybody so. wants a drink so they can let loose. Give me a drink, right? And they're like, that's the, that's the that's the theme. But you go like, oh shit, right? Give me a drink. Give me a drink. So especially with folks who don't drink, right. say that you oh, right. Lord. I wish I wish it was required that everybody had to have a video at three times of their life when they're about seventeen or eighteen thinking about drinking or smoking and they're somewhere in their mid 20s going close to 30 when they've already indulged in it and then the one that gets you where it looks like they're they don't know who they were when they're 50 and having these these staunch opinions about oh this is terrible i I don't know about this community i don't know about this and just have that time lapse go over and you realize sometimes you get caught in a time warp and sometimes you just don't know the person who you were back in the day or you just like to forget I love well, it. it is kind of like that. I mean, personally, you guys, because I was a physician, I basically kept my marijuana use on the down low mm-hmm. for years, even though I did smoke. Let's say I had a party, right? Mm-hmm. But they would all be upstairs in my bedroom, right? Yep. They were there. I wasn't smoking weed down in the party. No. No, I was on the down low with, with my marijuana use mm-hmm. for years. And I started in medical school. Yep. I really started smoking weed in medical school and continued to, to use it. So it was a thing I hid. It wasn't until I retired, essentially, from medicine that I became willing to be a representative and talk about it. Hence the beginning of this. Right. Which also I have to add, you know, Victor Allen. <laughs> <laughs> That's wrong. <laughs> That's just wrong. Because they need to know. Right. That Victor, I mean... Okay, it's not like even when I have the idea, that shows you the essence of a partnership, right? Yeah. When either one of us has an idea, often it's the other one yep. who makes it go to something. So I was playing around with the weed shit, and Vic reminded me, 
of the duties yep. of the people who would be paying attention to me as Dr. Hemsley, mm-hmm. wanting the informational weed. It was like, wow, Vic was, I was like, yep. damn, for a non-smoker. <laughs> he had particular ideas as it related to this segment, the Marijuana for Dummies, and reminded me right. of the empowerment. That's the word you often use. Yep. Empowerment, enlightenment yeah. of the masses. And so... Uh, <laughs> Did you ever see an exercise in all the years beforehand about smoking just cigarettes and somebody illuminating their experience? What happens when they're around people? What happens to them physically? Some of the the ways that it used to be judged that was a glamour thing way back in the 30s and 40s. And then their personal experience as it relates to their indulging in smoking cigarettes and how often they want to smoke it. What makes them click to that point of saying, this is when I will? Uh, Do they ever think about that they're in a community around people where the smoking may or may not affect them? Have you ever seen a video where somebody's actually trying to empower you with the lessons of their personal experience and what it means? I haven't seen one yet. Not yet. Well, speaking of what, let me bring you the trailer. Of reefer madness. Yeah, okay. This is crazy. This is Creative Commons. Circa now what, 1936 or something? Yeah. 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 Innocently they danced. Innocent of a new and deadly menace lurking behind closed doors. Marijuana, the burning weed with its roots in hell. In this film, you will see the ease with which this vicious person <laughs> is in your neighbor's yard, rolled <laughs> into harmless-looking cigarettes, hidden in an innocent shoe or watch case. If you want a good smoke, try one of these. You will meet Bill. It's that collar that's got him jacked up. strong will as he takes the first step toward enslavement. <laughs> Debauchery. Of course, That looks like some debauchery. Smoking the soul-destroying reefer, they find a moment's pleasure, but at a terrible price. Debauchery. That looks like some debauchery. Murder. Ooh, look at that position. Suicide. And the ultimate end of the marijuana addict. Hopeless insanity. <laughs> Is this like a hopeless insanity? See this important film now. Before it is too late. Tell your children. Hide your wife. Hide your kids. That's wrong. Hide your wife. Okay. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Times are changing, but something stays the same. Every day, maybe hit the snooze, turn on the local news, but nothing good comes from a one sided point of view. Marijuana for dummies, come for the info, stay for the reefer. Marijuana for dummies, come 
We're going to be coming right back with the sports and the hot pigs. We'll be right back. Hmm. What are you waiting for? 
you already have permission. That's their slogan. I love that. You already have permission. No, you enjoy that. Wow. Thanks, KLTV. Yes. Wow. We're returning. This is now segment three. You know, we're broadcasting straight through today at Facebook, Vic. Oh, okay. Once again, not. You know, they keep, as they change the parameters, right. we adjust. At first, Facebook was only allowing videos, you know, of a certain length. Right. Now they're doing longer ones, so. Oh, good, good. We'll see if they let us do the whole two hours. Well, then all you, all we have to do is just give you subjects in the time that they may pop up for those who are looking for specific topics. So that, you know, that could be cool, man. That works out. Well, you're ready for some sports. Hopefully. There it is, Victor Allen's new sports. Written and directed by the bald-headed black man is unique fan-based view of sports. A recurring segment of the Morning Club with Mario Show. And here it is, the man that the ladies have nicknamed Sexual Chocolate. Rub his head and make a wish. Everybody, here's Vic. Time for sports. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You don't scream that loud for marijuana for dummies. No. What's up, people? I know this is going to be hard because a lot of people are seeing my back post at the time. So I, I hate to ignore my Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, Big Old Live, Live dot me, fam. But hey, welcome anyway. I'm looking at you. Um, I want to start off uh, with a little bit of sad news this morning first because it just came in early this morning to Terry Glenn, former uh, New England Patriot, Dallas Cowboy, Green Bay Packer, died in a car accident. He's 43. Blessings to his family. Uh, kind of wow. chimed in. So it's kind of f- freshly new. We don't know any other details on it. But, hey, you always give respect to those because, hey, look, you know, that's a life gone. And there's family and everybody else that's involved. So I want to just give that recognition. Uh, the good thing about what I quoted on those teams, <laughs> each team he played with was um, a power player. Green Bay, Dallas, and then I believe he has a New England Patriot championship with him. So hopefully his legacy lives on and prayers and blessings to his family. Um, going to kick off a little bit different, not the usual suspects and um, sports, because you can't help it when Trump is trumping all over the community. Um, want to sit back and also before I do that, give an acknowledgement to Damian Woody. He actually chimed in on the passing of, of course, uh, Terry Glenn. So, hey, to his former teammate, passed away this morning due to a car accident, praying for his family. Just wanted to give recognition. He was one of the uh, earlier messengers to find out about it. But to go back to Trump, um, okay, this is going to be interesting because I just, you know, I already know that, okay, LeVar Ball did not acknowledge or he disrespected Trump. We understand that because somebody posed the question, hey, how do you feel about Trump saying he got the players released? And LeVar's response was, who? (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm not trying to laugh, but that was his response. And from that, we are now getting into uh, a place where Trump basically said, I should have left him in China in jail. Now, before we even go any further, okay, before I go even further, my question is, is first of all if any other americans period not associated with college sports or professional sports 
if they were caught stealing in designer stores or what have you, would they still be over in China right now? Or would it be based on if their family has a lot of money, a lot of connections? And it's really getting to the part that I'm saying the powerful get the powerful, you know, uh, resources and those who are less fortunate suffer. It would be like it is here, but just more so. Right, right. In other words, when you're here, this is the kind of stuff where money gets you off. Right. You never get charged. No, you don't. They so, let you go home either from the mall right. or the police. They just let you go. Now, when you're black, this is where they also take it to another level. Right. So, usually. But for the average white person, no, they're not going to do jail for this. Right. But the average black person, they're probably going to do jail. Now, all the players in this come from different angles. First of all, sometimes you look for a place to be able to say, I already know what's going to happen when I say something about this family. And in other words, if Trump goes and his people around and says, okay, you know what's going to happen. That's, Le- that's LeVar Ball. You're- so we know that he's basically saying, I'm about to light the fuse. On the other hand, LeVar is going, I have gone from a simple father in Chino Hills to going to a place that the Kardashians, or Kardashian, as I have a friend who always corrects me, have been. I am now on the world stage. What people used to know my name within the circle, I have now gone on a global tangent. Had I said I want to thank him, would he be getting the same coverage if he said, yes, I do want to thank him because he did put in a word. And even if he didn't put in a word, I want to thank him. Would that be just going, oh, you're not going to get no play. Don't say that. It's better to sit back and be a contrast and let him stir the pot up. Which one do you give credit to? Trump jumping in because he knew he was going to happen? an idiot, but I think that even in this instance, when the idiot gets you out of troubles in China, if he did, and there's some questions of that, but right. let's just assume he did, right. then then you can give him a short, right. to the point, thank you, right. without any additional stuff, and that's what I would advise. Yeah, and, and I would have said, look, I'd be curious yeah. what the chat room and all the oh, Facebook yeah. people say in yeah. respond to that. But I'm not saying you have to kiss his ass, but I'm saying if you're the beneficiary of something as big a deal as this, you can give him, say, uh, I thank the president for this. This it is doesn't the po- change the fact that the president's an asshole. Well, let me just, here's the part where I'm going. Um, these are fortunate kids, aren't they? Yeah. Okay. So the first yeah, thing, yeah, UCLA for right, one. Right. Now let me say what we, you know, I'm I'm not trying to sit back and say, are all these positions from China, Trump, Lavar, and the UCL players fortunate because they are surrounded by power representation, so they get to play this game. They get to sit back, and the biggest story becomes. A slight story. So say if these players were in Las Vegas and they were caught stealing out here, the framing of the story would be totally different. Right now, the concern is not as much about them stealing. The focus is now on Trump and LeVar. Exactly. So it's taken away from where they, you could sit up here and say, imagine 
which I'm not endorsing whatsoever. Imagine that you go and do something at such a level that if politically, you know, if we didn't have the relationships with China, and I believe China's sitting up there going, we can leverage all kinds of things. This is not enough to get anything from. <laughs> wow. We're going to leverage the UCLA players to say, no, we're bye by our rules. Excuse me, not enough weight on this. So let's just stay out of this. It's bigger fish to fry. So right now, the players who are suspended, and I don't know for how long. because Indefinitely. Yes, and I don't know how long. Now we're only talking about, did, was Trump making a smart move? Because it's easy to know who's going to rebel against you. Oh, it was a smart move in his part. Yeah. It, him doing whatever or trying to take claim for it, uh, assuming he did it, it makes all the sense for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Being, to sit there and go, simply go like this. I am glad the players... Um, are now returning to the U.S. to their homes, and hopefully they'll learn a lesson. Blah, blah, blah. You don't get enough traction off of that. You got to do something else. So I'm, I'm saying that both of these, I call head, one's head of family, one is head of our country, can't help but to get the shine. They need the shine. They want the shine. And right now, I believe LeVar has won because he's elevated himself to a global name just right now, just jumping up and having the president do that. They carried the story in many other areas. All right, I'm going to go to one right now where this one is interesting. You know, one time, you know, hey, look, early in the year, we was talking about the coming of the Raiders, right? And right now, we're talking about the, the, the flopping of the Raiders. But you got Marshawn Lynch, who basically, when they played the game in, the Me- in Mexico against New England, who New England cleaned house on the Raiders. They looked like the Raiders that we used to be used to three or four years ago. Marshawn Sits during the national anthem, but stands during the Mexico anthem. Okay. Now, I'm one of those people, Mario, that sit there and say, okay, you can make your statement. Did he step a little too far on this one? Because, one, he hasn't lived in Mexico. Two, he's basically just going, I'm shoving this in your face. Or three, he's, he's, he's going like this. I'm about to put my name into a prominent position, but I also... Don't know if it's going to work because we're losing. And when you lose, people probably don't care. Does this hit less because the Raiders are losing? Yes, but it still hits. And it's still a big deal. Yep. And I still support him in the sense of him being able to express himself, especially regarding this issue. Right. Again, Depending upon your miseducation on this issue, right, which unfortunately is a lot of people, yes, it may lead you to believe wrongly mm. that because this is a this protest, which people have misinterpreted as being it is anti-military, right, absolutely, or they're trying to direct. And I can make the argument with that with the national anthem having the racist words that it does, right, that no one of color, right. Okay. Regardless. Until you change it. How about this? Change the anthem. Right. Take out the racist words, and then we'll see. Yeah. Again, this is the United States of America. I have a choice. Well, yeah. And I don't believe in pledging allegiance to governments anyway. I think that that is something that causes Hitler and other folks. You don't need to pledge allegiance to governments. Right. Pledge allegiance 
to ideals. Right. Like I say, I'm a citizen of the universe. I pledge my allegiance to God. Right. And then I don't need to have allegiance to anybody else. Right. Right. Okay, I could just do that. And that'll help me to make the right decisions. Right. Okay, so all of that. This is what Nazis do. They want you to stand and salute them and all right. that. Get over it. Right. The part, get over it. Part of it is, is that the, the, needs to get over it. The, the, the flag represents a multidimensional, um, uh, I guess you can say cornucopia of diversity historically and currently and moving forward. People tend to pluck out the points that they say, well, it's more for this. The, the, the most important point happens to be the one that they always want to remind you of what you should be because our ancestors black, white, or otherwise, died defending this country in many different eras. So at this time, I'm not focusing on the one point more so. What I'm trying to do is say, what's the message that Marshawn is sending when he says, I'm going to stand for the Mexican the Mexico National Anthem? That's one statement versus I'm sitting. When he stood for it, he says, I'm all for Mexico and what it does for its people and what it represents as it relates to my experience with them. Is that the message he's sending? No, I think it's, I know, I don't think that's the message. I think that's what they would try to make this seem like it represents. It does not. Right. You could stand for the anthems for other countries without crossing your heart or anything. You could right. stand as a simple show of respect, respect right. for protocol. Right. Okay. Which you would have normally done here in the U.S., except we're in the midst of a protest. Absolutely. It doesn't change any of that. Right. So it makes sense to me. Right. You could be standing for everybody's anthem. It could be the Olympics, and they're playing all the anthems. Right. And then when it comes to the U.S. one, sit down. Right. You could do all of that. Right. And that's because it is about a protest of racism. Okay. So he doesn't know Mexico. He doesn't. I know. I'm not asking him. Well, we don't know to, to do a review right. of every country before he decides whether right. or not to stand, because the issue is not so much the other countries, but racism here in the U.S. That's a- the issue. Absolutely. And, and look, let me just say this: sometimes they say you have to cry out loud or demonstrate out loud for the world to hear, because the whole thing is that we're all supposed to be in this melting pot of diversity. And hopefully the message is being sent out across different lanes and experiences that people say, hey, we're standing here. This is what it means for us. Here's what that means for us. And so that's his personal experience. I'm not neither here to tell that it was good or bad. What I try to do is carry the weight of is he really sitting back saying, look, I'm willing to do this. Because usually when you take stands like this, your family gets affected. When you have children, everybody all gets, gets really affected. I feel more for children. Of families because yeah. they just don't have the answers. They don't know how to address it. And I don't and know hard. if that means that you shouldn't do it. I'm sure that when people protested in the civil rights oh, yeah. movement, yeah. you knew it was affecting oh, your yeah. family. Absolutely. It either got your mom fired or yeah. your cousin fired. Oh, yeah. Because in small towns, they knew the whole family. That Williams group, don't right. hide him. They right. got that protest. <laughs> so that's not new. The, true. True that. All right, I just had to cover that for the moment because I think this is going to be ongoing. And, and, and I think the weight of Marshawn's stance, although Trump has already chimed in and said, I want the NFL to take action, which is going to be funny because I think this is falling, no on, this falling on deaf ears. And I hate to say this, winning tends to give you other passes. They're falling, and they're losing What badly. happens is that 
the NFL is like any other labor movement. Absolutely. And so they're subject to labor laws. Absolutely. So and so there's things that have been established in the United States of America. Right. Where you're not allowed your employer is not allowed to penalize you mm-hmm. for protest. Now this was different because of the whole on-air thing mm-hmm. and all that. But again, all they have to do is not show it, right? <laughs> yeah, look, I'm I'm going... They have full control over look, the cameras. Right. All they have to do is not show it. If Mario's... One day, I know you guys don't want to envision this. Can you, for a moment, for 10 seconds, envision Mario, President of the United States, right now, 10 seconds. That's the President. <laughs> I would dress differently. <laughs> But you all know I fixed up well. You're right. So, so the part that I'm going here is the surprising part of it, in which I've learned that even being here in Los Angeles and even representing West Coast, we're the minorities and we're the aliens of the American community as it relates to just our little community here. So I'm very careful in understanding that my opinion only represents a small part. All right, I want to go over to what I call the NFL. Flopping has become a professional consistency among certain teams that I know they're not flopping. I'm just blown away that they've, I mean, the turnaround on how well they started out the gate and where they are now. I mean, the fact that they're just, their records are so poor. When I say flopping, I'm going to say flopping. Somebody's going to say, that's intentional. I said, no. I said, it just looks bad how you're playing. And, and the teams I'm looking at, Kansas City Chiefs, dude, they're 6-4. and four. Everybody was talking about this is the team. I mean, when, that, when they started off, it's almost like duplicating last year. Something's in their soup. They started off undefeated last year, got to near the halfway Check point. The Patriots. Dude. Okay, Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to give them only a little bit because – their defense, or what they call the run game, is surrounded by Ezekiel Elliott. But that Ezekiel doesn't play defense. They're at 500. And, and right now, they lose one more game, they're basically out of it, unless there's a losing streak on the other end. Oakland Raiders, we talked about, 4-6. and six. Okay, Mario, when, when you stepped up this year, did you think Oakland was going to be 4-6? and six? No. No. This no is one did. There's Nobody. a bunch of these that no one expected. With the quarterback. New York, I think... It's a debate whether that or the New York Giants is the most shocking because they've been so bad. Right. Uh, that's You can it understand just, it being bad, but not so bad. Right. And, 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 this is, and, and I'm not – okay, let me just say this. Yes, New York Giants really totally collapse. And I also believe that sometimes you do have to look at the coaching. There's something missing there, and I'm not sure what it is. I would like to say the players need to step up, but it may be the coaching. Sometimes coaching don't. Well, at least part Look, of it. If the Rams can turn around and say, here's a coach, and in a less than a year turn around, the whole philosophy is this team is playing. Even if they just recently lost against Minnesota, who's just, I mean, they look good. They still are overperforming based on what the projections are. So the coach has already instituted a philosophy and a culture. And if I look at Washington Redskins, I thought they would do better. They're under 500. So we know Philadelphia is the team that everybody's projecting. With that being said, that being said, would the game far as the playoffs be better served if you had Dallas? Which team in here would you like to see that would stimulate a new frontier of playoff competition? 
Oakland, Dallas, Kansas City, or Washington. Think about it. I know a team that we haven't well, gotten I mean, to yet. You would think that the one the newcomers would be more of it, and so Oakland and Washington, right, were the newcomers. Certainly for Washington, I know in that area that's a big football area. Believe it or not, they show clips of high school football on the news. Right. There's a big on football. Oh yeah. So in Washington, it's a big deal to have the Redskins do well. Absolutely, it's a, a totally different. Too, it's a big, big part deal. Of a big deal. Yeah, uh, and so those are communities where they feel it. It seems worse than other ones, right? When they're doing poorly. Yep. So I'm sure this is hurting. And I, I would talk about Jerry Jones' fight with Roger Goodell, Goodell, but because we don't get enough meat with you guys, here's the part I can't stand. So if there's a fight between Goodell. Cowboys and Jerry. The only thing you get is quotes from Jerry. Jerry, Roger doesn't say anything. <laughs> so I don't even want to spend this because there's billionaires bitching at each other for whatever reason. That's out of my community, my yeah, realm of understanding. I was shocked to learn that he made fifty million a year as a salary. That's right. And wants that private jet, right, for life. <laughs> wants a private jet for life. Oh, yeah, I like that. I was like, that's too much. <laughs> wait a minute. Well, Look, then, wait a minute. How did it ever get that high? Uh. It, what it, if P. Roselle well, making it? Whatever that was too high. To remember make. now, had had Ezekiel not been suspended, they would have allowed this. The only reason why Jerry pissed off is because of the the story, which has somewhat been confirmed, that Roger said, "Hey, everything's going to be all right with Ezekiel. He won't be suspended." And then turns around, and all of a sudden, he's suspended, and that was a matter of trust with Jerry. Everybody knows that's the story. So the part of him having a private jet for life, had he had not said anything to counter the Ezekiel Elliott suspension based on what Jerry Jones was hoping for, we would have never known this. Well, we think. Okay. Even though, you know, the, the NFL has to be to demonstrate consistency. This is a player. This is a contract issue with the union. Right. Yes, it is. All of these things. And so they have to show consistency right and i'm not as familiar with the exact specifics but it seems like in today's world for these type of offenses suspensions are the rule it's the only way to fix your pocket man if he gets off with it they're looking at his conduct and his behavior hey, you can, uh, how about this you can let him play for free <laughs> now, How about offering the, that? The, the union's not gonna hey, allow that. Hey, man. you can play. <laughs> you know, they're not gonna do no it. No money. No, the union's going like this. Oh, so if you go play for free, we got to work for free too, right? They're not gonna represent. They ain't gonna do it. You go. <laughs> get injured. You get injured, and all of a sudden, says, "Well, you well, know." I mean, that's part of this type of <laughs> right. This type of a thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I got you. Hey, check it out. I didn't hit the AFC because you only have two hopes to compete with New England. I don't think it's New England that's playing superior ball. I just think that's a whole bunch of teams playing subpar ball. You only have Pittsburgh, and the one team that I think could make England, New England shake in their books is Jacksonville, the one of the b best defenses. And everybody knows, you play New England, if you don't play man-to-man, man-to-man, you're going to get ripped apart. So this is the only team that I think right now has the best secondary to play man-to-man -man and can disrupt a Tom Brady. That's it. So you only have Pittsburgh and Jacksonville. Why should I talk about it any longer? So I want to just swing on over <laughs> and just say, any team here, Mario, that you have concerns with, that 
it's enlightened your perspective on how they played this weekend. And I'm literally sitting here going like this. I just didn't think the Raiders was going to get mopped like that with New England. I just didn't see that come in that bad. That's the only team that got me this weekend. Well, there you go. <laughs> that was it for you. <laughs> that was it. That was it. Okay, cool. All right, swinging over. NBA talk real quick. Boston Celtics are for real. If you guys didn't watch the game with Golden State a few days ago, good game. This team is good. Now, it is hard to measure up regular season. Golden State Warriors on the road. Look, there's no excuse. But they played them man up. They are on a 15-game winning streak without Gordon Hayward. Uh, are they the new newcomer? And they're here to stay? You see about five, six years of... It looks like that. Okay. It looks good for them. It looks good with time. It looks how they built and structured and went about... Absolutely. ...delivering this team. Young coach. Yeah. Uh, with a good history. Right. The, the people, I tell you what. The people to be worried are in Cleveland, and they even make and I'll throw something else in. What is that? They need to be worried about LeBron leaving. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Because that's what's coming up. See, I didn't think about it before, uh, yep. but it's coming up. Because after the playoffs, after the playoffs in 2018, right? Whatever happens, you're gonna. That's gonna be the number one talk. It may be the number one talk in the playoffs. Because if Cleveland either doesn't represent well or doesn't do much in the playoffs, it'll be the talk right then. Which they've already said. If you look at the lineup, if you look at the players, and you look what's happening here, you know Dwayne Wade is not going to be there long because, I mean, he's, he's just riding out, getting his next to close next championship. You already got J.R. Smith. He's on the other side of his peak, you know, no matter what. K-Love is... It's not the K love we we hope to be. It's hard to repeat what he did that, you know, that double double, all that energy, trying to prove himself that he belonged on the team. Tristan Thompson is show, already showing the wear and tear because of he's injured. That doesn't mean he's he's breaking down. It just means that they just don't have role players the same way. Because young legs like the Boston Celtics, this team thrives on playing defense. Cleveland just doesn't have it. As it relates to the defensive push, not they may be pacing themselves. I believe they are. I believe they're good. Don't wear yourself out in the first half. We're going to bring in the second half. But I do believe you just can't turn it on automatically. I think you have to have this, this thing where he says, we always rise. It's like the San Antonio Spurs. They said, look, we may not have our best, best players on the team, but my team will play defense. And if they don't, I'm snatching you off the floor. There's a discipline here. So, oh, yeah. So I, I'm more or less going the real deal is Boston Celtics even if it's not for this year they look like the team that's basically going to we don't fear anybody and then Kyrie just looks like he doesn't have to worry about headlines he doesn't have to worry about the LeBron headline he doesn't have to worry about anything he's in a city where they're sitting up there going like this I know we really love Isaiah but we're so glad we got you. Well, you know, I can understand the move more now, especially as it relates to he wants to do it for a certain part of his career, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I understand the move more now. Yeah. It makes more sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the, the key is, is this, and this is just me. Boston looks good and entertaining in such a way that you don't hate on them 
I don't have anything like that hate of the Lakers in Boston. I don't know if they're going to return to that anytime in the next decade because their paths on how they're playing, you just don't get up for it the same way. Um, I will say this, though, just to get away from Boston for a second. Yeah, Lonzo Ball did get his triple-double again. Now, that's a good deal. It's a big deal. I know you guys are micromanaging him because he walked away from a sparring little almost fight in the last game when they played Denver. I'm not micromanaging him. I remember times when I watched Julius Serving. When there were scraps going along with the 76ers, he would just go chill and sit down on the side of the floor and go like, okay, you know, let's get this over. Ain't nobody going to be throwing any punches. Don't fake it. <laughs> Don't fake the fun. There are people you know who are going to come to blows. And there are people who are not. So what's the story here is I'm, I'm going away from Boston. The Lakers are playing almost better ball than the Los Angeles Clippers. Did Chris Paul <laughs> say, I know something you guys don't. You may be worried about Lonzo Ball over here and how he plays with the Lakers, but they're playing better and have a better record than the Clippers. Here's my question. Lonzo Ball is getting all the attention, but is, it, is Doc Rivers on his way out? I, I Again... There's a bunch of stories that are now legitimate, ooh, ooh. and that would be one. I'm with you, Vic. I, I would say that's in serious question. Wow, they it's are in serious question. It's all I'm. I'm just putting the question out there. That's all I'm saying. Oh no, it's I a don't, serious I, issue, and I think for one, the handwriting is on the wall for certain teams for this year. It doesn't mean it's going to be that way, but it certainly seems to be working out that way. Right. You have a shift. In the leadership, except that Golden State wow. is still there. But other than that, you have a shift. It is. And in the East also, you have a shift. Yeah. So now we have to see what happens. Yeah. OKC looks different. Yep. You know, but even with them, look at the numbers, like you said. Look at the numbers. So. Mm, I'm just saying, I understand there, there's parity in a lot of areas because new players, new teams, you have, you have to adjust to that. But there is no adjusting for hustle. And I'm saying right now, when they look at the Clippers based on who they are, you see this lack of being in positions. And they don't have a true point guard. Patrick Beverly's injured. So all they have is Doc Rivers' son, of course. And... Lou Williams, who got to come off the bench. So when you go look at the com combined assist ratio to shot production and points, there's no distribution of the ball. So literally, you got power forwards, you know, strong forwards, and you want to be centers if you want to call them that. They basically have to thrive on knowing that, oh, our point guards are only going to be shooting the ball. They won't be distributing the ball. They won't break it down. And it is collapsing. So my whole point is I don't this. know how the Clippers' decisions are. You make you wonder, right? Who's who? Who's the GM? Who functions? Well, you know, West is a consultant now, so, right? So you, you, he sees what's happening. Well, I don't know what who's doing what and what their roles are. That's why I'm so curious right. with West being a consultant, right? Ooh, I, I just, Ooh. I'm just even though I think just, to a degree, to a degree, right. That's a plus for Doc Rivers. I think Jerry West would tend to focus on other things to improve the team. But we would have to see. Yeah, I don't know. I, I suspect that he would tend to be a Doc supporter. 
the, the, the issue with the Clippers, to me, has been, well, even more, it's the personnel that's some real personnel questions. They are right now third from the bottom at 5 and 10. It's not on the website. The reason why I didn't put it there, I think you should only pay attention to the teams that's at 500 and above. Why even look at and put the display of the teams underperforming? But just you know that they're at 5 and 10. It looks wow. doesn't look good. Hey, I'm out. Sports over. Till next time, you guys. Peace. All right, you guys. That's Dick Adler's new new sports, written and directed by the ball-headed black man, a recurring segment of the Morning Coffee with Mario show, written from that unique fan-based view of sports. Join us. Remember to dress appropriately, jock straps, sports bras, bring your foot fungus powder, all the stuff you need. It's sports, people, damn it. Be prepared. <laughs> That's funny, man. All right, you guys ready for some hot picks? Maybe. It's that time. Be right back with the hot picks. Going to get ready. Okay, here we are at the last segment where we sit back and uh, have transferred hot picks over 
to more of an empowerment, recognition, honors, and support for ventures. And then we only have the moment to look at it from, say, a graphic or photo point of view. So while we call it hot picks, these people, uh, these subjects are about people are hot in the community and not just about fashion and models back in the day. I don't know how long we've been doing this, seven, eight years. Okay. Hey, I want to jump over to somebody who I believe is targeting a market because it's the only way you can be successful and what they do. And the question is going to be about whether Mario and I or others will experience any of these products in our lifetime. Some are right here now. Some are coming soon and some are on the way. And is this going to be a changing world? And is this man going to be the one that elevates the change in culture and how we do and what we do here on the great planet called Earth. The man, Elon Musk. I call it the affluent market of Tesla because Tesla is the thing that has already trickled down to the consumer. The price point market is based on people who tend to competitively buy cars that are near like Mercedes-Benz, BMW, cars of that area where it's more than just the average market purchase for most Americans. But he brings clean air, electricity, the whole thing where he's saying my production will always stimulate the new way I believe in where we have to go. So what I'm going to do is go over those points and hit these areas and see if the value of those areas are right there at our front door where Mario and I can experience it or somebody we know will experience it and what will you be looking forward to? On a recent subject, I covered what I call those super vehicles, SUVs, and some of those involved electric hybrids. Well, let's just go over here so you can recognize this man, SpaceX, Tesla. And SpaceX is, is really a bigger product in his venturing than Tesla, but Tesla is the thing that we're used to seeing. So I want to take you guys down to the first super car that is, well, I won't say it's first. I'll just say it's a super car, but he has to jump in that market because he has to have people pay for it. So let's move over to the next generation Roadster supercar priced at $200,000. The base model will start at 200K with a $50,000 deposit required upfront. Interested parties can plan their deposits today. That means this now. This is a now product. The first 1,000 models sold will be the Founder Series models, which will cost $250,000 up front. Production isn't slated until 2020. The only comparable cars to the Roadsters are the hybrid supercars built by McLaren P1, Ferrari, or LaFerrari, Porsche 92 Spider, which all cost around $1 million. And the upcoming Ashton Martin Valkyrie and the Mercedes AMG Project One will each cost around $3 million. This car is $200,000. So he is not only challenging the market, he's breaking it down at a price point where do you get more out of these type of cars? And is it closer to you experiencing it than what you would? Yeah, because I was never going to spend a million. <laughs> You're right. Or but spending $3 million, right. there's a chance you might get to spend 200000 right. And the market may come yeah. down. Yeah, because, million and, yeah, Right. It's going to come down. So this is a product that you could literally say right now, there's a good chance I'll experience this car, either through a friend coming to pick me up, which Mario has a lot of friends that, you know, they, they roll. Ferraris, Rolls Royces, they all run in a wheel. 
Somebody <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, hey, just one. women. No. <laughs> no. I'm just going to roll through this because we're going to we're going to come back to it. There is a new evolution. There's a new player. This man, Elon Musk, is taking us to the next step. And this is the concept of the electric pickup truck. Totally different. You don't get a lot of information on this. Musk first promised in April that Tesla would be revealing a pickup within 18 to 24 months. But it was widely expected to be a light-duty truck like an F-150. Yes, is that truck already not this? Yes, it is. The reason why I'm, I'm showing you this one, he likes to surprise people. So there's already a production car that, you know, more in line with what you see today, but looking electric hybrid. Wow. But he surprises you and said, look at what's coming. It's something you're looking forward to. Will you see this? And are you looking at it differently? Because that's a pickup truck. <laughs> is it? And I can't give you prices on it, Mario. But is this a little, the design, is it a little extra or are you looking forward to seeing something like this? Both. It's a little extra and I am looking forward to seeing it. <laughs> it, it I wonder what the cost is. I know he's not revealing too much on that. That's the part about this. What he, that's, I'll get to it later. That's wild. Yeah. It is, it's a cabin. It's, it's just, if you just stop and think about Maybe it. Maybe I get a truck. <laughs> Now, see, that's more in your area because you know it's not going to cost two hundred thousand dollars. Oh hell! No. So you, this is more reaching towards your pocket <laughs> than it is mine. I'm still on big wheels, man. <laughs> so I'm just letting you know. So I'll get more information about this coming because this is the concept car he sprung on people without them knowing it. So he he does this kind of stuff. But there is something now that's coming fast, and the orders are already here. We're going to the Tesla electric and i say truck but you put the word semi in front of it and it's already here unveils the electric truck with 500 mile range eyebrows popped high when elon musk claimed a range of 500 miles far more than anyone anticipated he provided no detail about the size and the weight of the battery but did assert that the total operating cost would be lower than a diesel driven truck jackknifing his quote with this truck is gone. You don't have to worry about it, Elon Musk. You like how this looks, man? It's a semi-truck, man? Impressive. <laughs> Very impressive. Futuristic. Hey, look, they, you should see the models that already are here that have Walmart. There's already contracts going where the trucks are already already in motion because cleaner, a little more long distance, the whole thing is happening. He, he's, he's affecting on a market in so many different ways. The key is, do we think he will change the market? And we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, yeah, I think you, he's already changing it. You think he's already changing it? Yeah. Okay. Well, let me take you to a place where Mario only says, I'll participate in this once you bring this level of a must product. We're going to the luxury electric yacht. It's called Dasher. It starts at $500,000. The Dasher, designed by Michael Peters, is equipped with twin 80 horsepower electric motors. The boat uses two 40 kilowatt hour lithium ion bi batteries from BMW i3, the electric car produced by German automaker BMW. The yacht's batteries give it a 40 mile range when driven at 10 miles per hour cruising speed. However, a spokesman did say estimates run north of $500,000. The yacht gains a full charge in under four hours using the 50 amp charging. The boat accepts dual 50 amp charging cables, which Hinkley says are standard on most docks. 
Does this look like it's more cost more than five hundred thousand dollars? Well, you know, compared to the cost of most yachts, yeah, I think this is again. Yes, you put themselves in a certain market. Absolutely, absolutely. When they I, when I was looking for the price, I'm telling you right offhand what I was doing. I was going, okay, how many millions? I was already going there because of the, this design and the concept of it. So so far is. We're looking at a change market in the luxury market area, but boats tend not to have the same impact as cars and the diesel trucks. That's that's okay. I, I see this coming around. I don't know how soon. Maybe it's about five years away, or maybe it's two or three years away. They're not giving a lot of information. Let's go to the next one. This is the one I think that Mario will experience because he has no choice. He has no choice. Elon Musk, which is his name... Tesla, the pneumatic Hyperloop, 700 miles per hour subsonic train. Hyperloop is being proposed as an alternative to short distance air travel where the system will be much faster than existing rail networks and much cleaner than flight. Hyperloop proposes to move away from traditional wheels by using air bearings for pods instead. This will have the pod floating on air. It's similar to the maglev in which the electromagnetic levitation of the train means there is no friction like a traditional train that runs on tracks. Planning documents currently propose a route between L.A. and San Francisco, 354-mile journey that would cost $6 billion to construct. The, this is based on passenger-only model, whereas one that can also transport vehicles would be about $7.5 billion. They're literally saying that you'll go from L.A. to San Francisco in about half an hour. Would you be interested? And yeah. they're, they're going to run every 30 seconds. Yeah. Oh, sold. You sold. Yeah. Well, I'll be I'll be customer number uh, three thousand. Okay. Right. You want to wait? That could be the earliest. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I, after y'all done crashed right. a few right. times. Well, yeah. Yeah, but yep. I'm supportive of it. Just, <laughs> good luck to the early subscribers. Right. So let me just say a few things about it right offhand. They compared to the Concorde that went 1,355 miles an hour. Hyperloop flew on the Concorde. Which you have. That's why I, I said this will be you. The second fastest will be Hyperloop, faster than Boeing, Bullet Train, or Eurostar. So basically, what they're, what they're really saying, six to eight passengers per capsule, three capsules per train. And they're going, I mean, it's going to go in this rotation where it's really fast. You're not waiting around for an hour, hour and a half. Because the speed's so fast, it's going to have so many people wanting. This is going to be zipping. <laughs> 30 minutes. I'm looking forward to this one. This one I'm looking forward to. Here's the thing. Will we see this in our lifetime? Yes. Yes, you absolutely. Because they're going to start. Yes. yes, this is happening. This <laughs> is happening. <laughs> right. We're going to look right. All right. All right, you guys, you ready? This one coming up, I love. Elon Musk of Tesla. He has SpaceX BFR. Now, I love this. It's called Earth Point to Point. BFR flying at a max speed of 18,000 miles per hour says it could fly anywhere on Earth in under an hour. These Earth-to-Earth trips could make most long journeys in under half an hour. And according to Musk, half a cost per seat that is about the same as a full fare economy in an aircraft the bfr yes it stands for what you think it stands for is spacex next rocket after the falcon heavy that must say the company hopes will launch by the end of this year this is this whole thing is trailing the, the journey to mars but this is more suborbital what they're going to be doing. Well, this is really something I see as truly visionary. You know, you people would tend to think about interplanetary. 
Right. But but this was actually genius. Yes. What about within the planetary? You know, by Hello. going up high enough. Right. That's what they're doing. Down your time. Yep. Or to the stratosphere, or whatever. So that's amazing to think about that. So that now you shorten it like the LA to China an hour. There you go. Okay, that's wonderful and uh, just visionary, just really visionary. Very much so. He's hitting all these lanes. You know, most of us when we saw Virgin Atlantic, when it was the balloon around the world, or he was the adventurer. This guy is hitting all of it, and the solar part of it, I didn't even touch. But does anybody know what BFR stands for? No, big fucking. You are the man. You're the man. That's what it's really. <laughs> yes. They put it in there and said BFR can stand for what you think it is. Big freaking rocket. Big fucking rocket. No you shit. Get no, I got that. You like, got it, man. <laughs> you got it, man. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I agree. It's great. I agree. Hey, look, man. I'm saying it all day. That's crazy. I was just joking. Yes, you got it. You got it. That's it. So here's my thing. We go down the list. Give me your number one and two that you look forward to if cost wasn't an issue. Because we know cost, is, you got to sell to the affluent. If cost wasn't an issue? If cost wasn't an issue. Because see, he has to sell this. You, look, you can't sell it to everyday folks. They can't pay for the cost. They can't offset it. And you're not going to get, you know, you know, the public's not going to pay for it. So, Well, I like that Roadster. Okay, going to start I there. really like the car. Right. The idea of the Roadster. Right. That's really wonderful. Uh uh, I'm not just touch remember. and I and it's, you know I'm I'm equally impressed I think almost equally impressed with the other cars I just don't know the price right the electric, electric pickup truck concept right and also that electric semi they are electric vehicles yes so you know just to just what they're attempting to do right uh, the luxury yacht just out of my range of even imagination same here. Just, I, I just can't even imagine. Because I'm not, I, I, not experiencing it now. Yeah, it's too far beyond what, what I've ever... Famous. Yeah, I just... But it's amazing to look at. Right. But I tell you, the bullet train makes you wonder. Yeah. But I'm... No, no, no. The SpaceX BFR is actually you, the most impressive idea of all of them. Right. To yeah. me. Even yes. though the car, I guess I picked because it's morphin reach yes but this spacex bfr is incredible it, and visionary wow. yes yeah visionary we don't have to worry about going to the moon let's just worry about going to other parts of the earth right oh I, wonderful yeah i'm the train i'm it's the thing i'm looking forward to because i only thought that you can go that fast when the concord was up and rolling but now that it's coming down to this level um and if it's done, this train probably, because of the construction, it wouldn't happen until probably 20-some years. You know, it just, they haven't even gotten to the part of, the, hey, it's under construction. But if you guys want to go see a testing of this particular, the train, the uh, what I call it, the, the, I call it the bullet train, call it whatever you want, um, the Hyperloop. They are testing it on tracks. You actually get to well, see that. Well, you know, PMC wrote it on Facebook. And his two choices were the car, right? First, and then the Hyperloop, right? The hyper, yeah. This is the car. Oh, wow, thank you, PMC, for weighing in on that. Yeah, the, the car is the easy one. Shit, big yeah, dude. man. Hey, I'm out, you guys. That's hot. Wonderful, what a give it up yeah. for Vic. Bam. Yeah, wonderful, man. That was a wonderful hot pick. Vic is 
taking the show to another level. Yeah. Taking it to another level. I want to thank everyone for tuning in, especially the Facebook family who's been there as part of the whole show, Mac McAllister, PMC, all the other regulars, Wendy Bautista, was having a girlfriend, tuning in. Thank you for being there. You know we say, ain't nobody got our DNA. See you Tuesday night, Wednesday afternoon, and Friday. We'll let you know. Peace and hair grease. First off, I'm not your regular dude. I bust moves like a young MC. Yeah, soda, that would be me. Got me thinking about putting down the mic one day. Then I get some more love. Thanks for the love. I gotta play. Hey, what can I say? I'm a Leo to the finish, man. I love God, so my faith won't diminish me. Once I step up to the mic, I speak truth. Hip hop wasn't designed to expose the black youth, but somewhere along the lines, we dropped the ball game. I mean, that man in the mirror, yeah, that ball dude. But now I'm back to write the wrongs of my past world. So let me want this on my list like my name is Earl. Articulate my thoughts clearly like Professor Laz. Do you remember Rap City with Deja and Laz? I'm looking at the front door, bless the main source. You fool, yeah, wait till I hit you with the main course. I was spitting when you was a kid. You doing what I did, you know I still got it. Why you brag about it? I be on solo, making my money's grow residual. I'm individual, nobody's got my DNA. I was spitting when you was a kid. You doing what I did, you know I still got it. Why you brag about it? I be on solo, making my money's grow residual. I'm individual, nobody's got my DNA. Like the more I break through with my time and space, boy, funk, I'm on point. You bless this microphone every time I anoint the pen and pad. I face the bad head on escape inside the music. See my diaries, a song and song. Till I write my next verse, then I go again into the studio. I feel like I gotta flow again. This ain't just music to me, it's like my recipe. To be honest, it's more creative tranquility. This ain't just music to me, it's like my recipe. To be honest, it's more creative tranquility. I was spitting when you was a kid, you doing what I did, you know I still got it, why you brag about it? I be on the solo, making my money's grow residual, I'm individual, nobody's got my DNA. I was spitting when you was a kid, you doing what I did, you know I still got it, why you brag about it? I be on the solo, making my money's grow residual, I'm individual, nobody's got my DNA. They say they get me, I don't think they ever got me. My name's Kowalski, but they call me Kawasaki. I'm a lot of funds, but in real life, I'm more like Chachi or Cola. I told you, I'm funky like granola. Bars. Can't you see that I'm a star? Who pumps his own gas in the cold really fast? I pass on your gold in stash. I'd rather make my own money, not advance me no money. I was spitting when you was a kid. You doing what I did. You know I still got it. Why you brag about it? I be on the solo, making my money's grow residual. I'm individual. Nobody's got my DNA. I was spitting when you was a kid. You doing what I did. You know I still got it. Why you brag about it? I be on the solo, making my money's grow residual. I'm individual. Nobody's got my DNA. So there you go. Nobody's got my DNA.